How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Always going. Yeah? It's going so well that I picked up a third person. Oh. Y'all remember Nate? I've finally forgiven him for last time. <laughs> what did I do last time? I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember what we talked about last time. I know um, it's just been a little bit since we've had you on. Well, actually, last time, I think I talked mostly about how I was a baby gamer. And so, oh, very much right. not the case anymore. But yeah, back then, I was in my first, like, six months of full-time gaming. Yeah, it's e crazy. Like, I'm sure if I asked you about some things, and I'm not going to, because that's not what this mm -hmm. podcast is about. Yeah, we don't. We um, don't do that here. But, like, last time I heard, I saw you playing Elden Ring. I was like, oh, how's that going? You're like, oh, I'm on my 15th playthrough, and I'm doing mods <laughs> and friends. And I'm like, what? What? I just played the uh, game once or twice and thought it was good. I thought you were going to bring up... I remember maybe like two hours into my playing Elden Ring, Dave was like, mm -hmm. oh, why don't you stream for a sec? Let me see what you're doing. I thought he was going to bring this up because he watched and I was pretty much playing The Witcher 3 but in Elden Ring, just spamming quick <laughs> attack and just getting rolled by limb grave enemies. I thought <laughs> Dude, that up. I that was... care how you, how you approach it. <laughs> Everybody like, hey, has you're holding own, a shield. Let's, your own let's hold the shield up. <laughs> <laughs> I just like living vicariously seeing other people who i enjoy play games that i enjoy mm -hmm. uh, and just getting to relive that fresh experience and i don't yeah. like the backseat i just want to observe flying the wall i will say uh from what i've heard because you, you might have been you know baby for video games back then but like every time we've talked you've been on an accelerated curriculum to like catch up like danger of becoming a hard g gamer um obviously you know uh the crazy amount of time in elden ring and checking out mods and stuff like that but also just the variety of games that uh you were playing at once i think i told dave about this at some point but i was like nate's playing like five games right now like he's legitimately just hot swapping between games every evening um that kind of becomes an issue though i like tend not to finish nearly as many as i start and i kind of regret that a lot of the time yeah it's definitely really risky if you're playing like a JRPG or some game that's super long like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Is the cat going to escape? The cat is gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the cat has um, figured out how to operate doors that are not locked. <laughs> um, we're doomed. Cat is smart. So what, what are you playing these days? And would you consider yourself a non-baby gamer? Where would you put yourself now? Uh, yeah, I mean, just in terms of raw hours, I'm not a baby, but in terms of uh, critical thinking and not making stupid mistakes, I am still a baby. Just, yeah. I don't know if, if I'll ever grow out of it. Let me <laughs> I'm know. pretty bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have a lot of fun. I play a lot of games all over the place. I'm still playing Elden Ring pretty often. We do all the randomizer mods and co-op stuff, and it's just so fun playing it over and over again with different kind of twists. Um, otherwise, just a lot of multiplayer Overwatch, Rocket League stuff. Yeah. Um, I've heard of those. Yeah. I'll I played a lot of Diablo when it came out, but... Eh, that was kind of the months. same impression we had, yeah. I, I, yeah so it's... they... They're just launching their new season, but um, I heard that, like, Overwatch had some sort of Diablo-inspired season as well and some, some cool game modes. And I was actually more kind of interested in going back to Overwatch to check out the Diablo content than continuing Diablo. And maybe that's evil. Maybe that's a terrible place to be, but that's where I'm at. I am mad at Overwatch for how they did. Uh, I don't know if you saw, there's a sweet Moira skin where she is Lilith for this whole mm. collab they're doing right now, and it's awesome. We all wanted it. You can only get it in a $40 bundle with a bunch of other junk that you don't want. Oh my so it's gosh. just a $40 skin. Gotcha. I'm looking this up in real time. It's we'll, a uh, sweet skin. Uh, we'll get Jimison to, to put the, the picture of Lilith up on the screen for our listeners. And then they showed off like a Butcher Hog, which mm -hmm. looks really cool, but I don't know how you get that one yet. I mean, if, it, of course they do that one. That seems like an obvious play. I thought um, that one already existed. I thought that's what Roadhog was based on. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, I mean, Okay, these skins actually look really cool. Yeah, they're yeah. sweet. But again, it's kind of like the Hots effect where it's, hey, I know this character from this dark fantasy type thing, mm -hmm. and here's like the kind of cuter, more polished play on it. But like, right. I don't know, it still plays... Oh, that's great. They have Ball as a Asmodan. 
That one's good. He's got he's got pierced nips. <laughs> I don't know if the ball has nipples in this. At least it's it's Hammond himself. Hammond himself. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's something. No, they but like that does look Discord. like cool. Like that's again an example of a fun crossover. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they're just like hard pay gating it. I'm like, eh. Like they're yeah, like, I... hey, here's your incentive, like to come play and check out the event. And then you can win these. Okay. Incentive to get you on a board versus, hey, PS, um, money. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand, like, how Blizzard, they must have the numbers, right? I'm not going to pretend that it's just like, they would make so much more money if they sold things for, for less, right? But they're definitely aiming at a price point that I don't want to engage when it comes to microtransactions, right? Like, in my head, I can get multiple indie games or like a full priced double uh, A game for like forty bucks. I don't want to spend that much on a skin. Um, if it was something that was like you get this, maybe this is the last unlock if you finish the battle pass or something like that. You're already encouraging a lot of people to get the battle pass. What's wrong with that, right? So I that's like where the problem is that there are people that do just spend the money, and Blizzard will take that all day. I get that. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know if we've talked about the idea of having an approachable market pricing for like a uh, game content. And then you just have some stuff that, you know, whales are basically going to buy. I kind of dislike that being a skin though. I, don't, I guess it can't be anything else in overwatch, but that sucks. Cause it seems inaccessible unless you're like, Oh, drop the credit card. Yeah. Or at least maybe have cheaper options. Mm-hmm. Again, Path of Exile, Slut here to a degree. I get the urge every once in a while. And they have so many cool fucking cosmetics. But uh, any cosmetic thing you want to get is at least $10, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's not a, oh, let me grab like the $1 thing that just, you know, makes it blue. No, it has to be like all these crazy particle effects, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious, like, what your guys' price point would be for what you would actually spend money on. Because, like, I think, like, $10, I would I would spend $10 on a skin if it's great. I'm sure I've spent that much on, like, Destiny Silver on cool-looking armor at some point. Um, but, like, and I know I've spent more than that in, like, Dota. Because at, like, $20, I'm looking for effects plus the skin, right? Like, your moves look different or something like that. Um, like a Dota Arcana. Um, but I'm curious what your guys' price point is. For me, I mean, I feel like it really depends on how much I'm going to be seeing it. So, mm-hmm. like, in the Overwatch example, I'm not going to buy a Moira skin if I'm going to play her one every, like, 30 games or something for right. five minutes. In Even first if it's, person, you know, no $5 less. maybe, but still, like, I'm not going to see it that much. It's not all that worth it. I will say in Rocket League, I mean, you you are your car every game, and so I've spent True. some money on, like, the coolest car designs just so I can, like, enjoy my car at all times. I have, like, 1,600 hours in Rocket League or something, and I don't feel bad about enjoying how my car looks. Right. It makes a lot more sense if it's something that you're playing frequently, especially with other people. Like, there's no single-player game where I want a cosmetic because I don't give a shit. Like, in Lies of P, you technically can unlock some costume things, but I'm not trying to style on the NPCs. Right. Like, so it's just whatever thing looks cool for me, but again, it's just me selecting for my options versus trying to go outside and style on somebody. Right. Do you think there's any value in, like, a YouTuber posting a playthrough if they want to look as cool as possible in a single-player game, or is that still just, like, eh? Oh, do you mean like you know like that your audience is going to get more? Yeah, they're going to be like, "Wow, cool mm. skin!" in the comments. Hmm. I think there is like a little bit of something. Like, if you are a gaming entity in that space who does like YouTube content, yeah. if you do some maybe pre-order stuff to get like an extra skin or two, because it shows, hey, you're invested in this, and also you get like the the cool look about it. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I want that as well. And you can use that to boost either pre-orders of the game or something else. So I think there's I, some merit to it. I don't know if it's one-to-one, but... 
I can think of a very specific example that like confirms that there is value there where there was somebody, they were a streamer. I can't recall exactly who they were, but they had a knife in like CSGO and the skin was super rare with some like emerald crazy skin. And the video was just people like asking the streamer about it because the skin was worth like $10,000. Like they could sell it for like 10,000 US dollars. And uh, yes, that's <laughs> correct response. Um, so in that case, yeah, they were generating content from it. Now, I don't think they got 10K in ad revenue, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's where we're at in gaming. I don't think there's an escape from it, really. But I don't there know. was actually huge, uh, kind of related Rocket League news yesterday that everyone got super upset about. Epic um, bought Psionics a few years ago, who runs Rocket League. A huge part of the Rocket League community is all about trading skins and there's a whole marketplace and all this style contests and stuff. They just announced that they are ending the entire shareable trading system for any cosmetic or anything in December and moving forward with a you-own-it-you-can't-get-rid-of-it kind of system, which everyone's very upset about. Yeah. Hey, everybody, I want you to buy these things individually. No, no trading them. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it is like... You can't find many things. You can open infinite drops and whatever, and you can hope to get cool things in your item shop. But if you want, like, this specific item, you can go online, find someone to trade, give them five bucks or whatever, and you can have the cool item that you wish you found in the item shop for three months, you know? It just kind of takes away the freedom to build a cool look. So everything is RNG. There's no way to get, like, a fixed cosmetic in the game. They have what's called blueprints, but then you need to trade in like a bunch of other cosmetics in order to like mm. build the one you want. So, I mean, I guess there kind of is, but it's a convoluted system that's not really easy to yeah. work with. That would be like the, the Team Fortress 2 metal system, right? Where you could like break your pieces of random trash you got down to get metal and then craft it into something, right? Yeah. Interesting. I'm surprised not more people, I, I guess maybe it's an infrastructure problem, but not more people have taken like Valve's approach because it was probably like a decade ago that Valve launched their community marketplace where they're like, hey, like you can trade whatever you want. That's fine. But we're also just going to have a marketplace where you can sell stuff and we're going to take a percentage of every single sale. Right. Um and a lot of games like don't go that far. They pick one or the other. They're like, you can't trade at all, or you can trade and we're not going to interfere with that at all. And that seems less ideal if you're going to deprive people of that. I like that system that Valve has, because like, with Dota 2, the people that I play with will talk about occasionally prices of an item going up, and then they, they can sell it. Mm -hmm. I know CSGO has that as well, and now I guess CS2. Um, so it keeps your investment in the game of you've been playing for a while, you've accrued cosmetics passively, maybe you spent money right. on battle passes to get more things, and now you have this pile of stuff that isn't really useful outside of it. Oh, I can now actually translate that into real-world value, even mm -hmm. if it is just currency within that universe, or in this case, Steam. Right. It's nice you to be able just... to trade that in for something. Because you described for Rocket League that that's actually what the community was doing, right? There were like third-party sites where you could pay money for a trade yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So it was technically against their terms to have like a third-party paid platform, but they always mm -hmm. allowed player-to-player -player trading like within the game. And so the system that developed was like these bot accounts that would, you know, you'd go into an online forum or something, say you want mm -hmm. these things, and then an automated thing would put the player into your party and trade with you, which... right kind of against terms but you could always trade with other players so it's kind of hard to catch yeah i mean it seems like a lack of initiative that they wouldn't kind of want to just assume first party support of a right. system like that right um i can think of other examples like in gaming where the company has decided to step in the middle there eve online did it with plex their pilot license extension which was literally just here's a item that you can buy with real dollars and then sell it in game. And if someone else buys it in game, they can redeem it. And it's like they have a game time card, right? Just more time on their account. And it massively impacted, uh, like the illegal against terms of service redistribution of wealth within Eve. Cause you can legitimately just like, 
use real life money, buy game time, sell it in game on the market, get tons of money in game that way. You don't have to go to like a third party site and they kind of cut out uh, real money trading, right? It's really smart. And I think more people should consider that in their business models for these uh, live service games. <laughs> Diablo 3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Diablo 3 kind of tried and then wasn't that good at it and they gave up. <laughs> Surprise. Um, yeah. But I think it's interesting because, I mean, granted, when you, anytime you say trading, my brain goes back to Pokemon, which of mm. course was the, the TCG, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's a trading card game with physical pieces of cardboard. Um, but a lot of this only exists in the digital space because that's where it lives. You don't really have permanent ownership of things in the same way because like it's impossible to stop me from physically trading or giving something to a friend right but if it's done through this online system which is controlled by some other entity then they can intervene and say hey uh we don't want any of that Mm -hmm. it'd be like the same as if you're trying to do a yard sale versus sell something on facebook marketplace because now there's an arbitrator who's going to have some rules and boundaries to say, this is kosher, this is not kosher. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Dave was having a yard sale, you'd have to separate his things into kosher or not kosher right there on the lawn. It's... I'm not going to sell my kosher salt, Jacob. <laughs> That's staying up in the up in the cabinets. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is interesting, though. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised to hear that of Rocket League because, I mean, I know that it's still a very active community and it, honestly terrifying. Um, like, I I have seen people play that have been playing that game since near launch and it is incomprehensible to me what people can pull off. I'm like, there is no button combination that should allow you to do this. Um, this trick shot nonsense from across the field, like, in the air, multiple flips for a specific angle. Like, it's insane. None of it makes any sense. It's made up. Um, but like, it's been around for many years. Like, I'm curious why they're changing the monetization scheme now, as opposed to being like, okay, we're going to work on the next thing. Well, it's been around for a while, but like it was paid on steam and then Epic bought it and made it free to play like COVID ish. Mm, And so uh, it might just be kind of not doing what they want. And they're kind of talking about rocket league too. I don't know what Epic's plan is. But, oh god, let's do more sequels, but then yeah. not actually do anything else with it. It's just an overhaul of the game. You don't have the option to play the old one anymore, kind of system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also wary of things that are free to play, because like, obviously, the way they're going to monetize is from microtransactions. Mm-hmm. And treat it like a gotcha game to a degree. Not to say I haven't had fun with free to play games, but. Yeah. Well, and that was something my naive gamer brain didn't really realize until playing Elden Ring was that there's no microtransactions, there's no like blinking go here now beacons, you know, it was just so do what you feel should be done right now and you just go down this weird alley and figure something out. It was just so minimal in like their hand holding and their interface and all that. I loved it. So you, so you are on board with the the FromSoft approach of design? Um, I will say I've tried since playing Elden Ring to go back and play like Sekiro, um, Dark Souls 3. I touched one for a bit. The open world part of Elden Ring made it a lot more bearable, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being able to not tackle something that I kind of felt like I wasn't good enough for yet. Whereas Sekiro, like I got to a hard boss and I'm just like, ah, I just have to like sit here and keep trying this till I figure it out. There's not really a way to go do something else for an hour and then come back. They they force get good a lot in right. Sekiro, and I am not good. Yeah, you say that, but it's it's the second coming through a second time with Sekiro. Like, there's Dave was talking about this recently, but like so many of those instincts and timing and stuff, it's just it's just acquired. Um, yeah, like I could, if we were to pause the recording right now and I were to go <laughs> spin it up, I think I could do several bosses without really running into issue. Like I could mm. burn through some early parts of the game just because it became muscle memory. Um, but I also like when those games kind of open up a little bit. So if you are like, fuck, I can't do the water temple boss, you can go off and do a different temple. 
that you feel right. you can't approach. And that's something I feel that Lies of P is missing slightly. Mm. Um, because it is kind of, here's where you have to go next, and there's not like a side path. Dark right. Souls 3 was much more open in comparison. Obviously, Elden Ring, they're like, so I can go there. We don't give a shit. Here's a world. Have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it feels nice to more so have the agency as a player to explore and make those decisions for yourself of, yes, I feel ready for this, or I know I'm definitely not ready for this. I just want to explore and see how crazy it is. And you're screaming, fuck, 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 while you're just like dashing through everything, trying to find a checkpoint. Um, versus, well, I'm going to have to come back for this. Again, right. um, Armored Core 6 is much more linear in its approach. Because mm-hmm. you can't, oh, I'm going to go do. I mean, they do sometimes have multiple missions at a time. But, like, when you're hard gated, you're hard gated. Right. Like, you can go back and grind stuff, but you don't have options for. I'll come back to this and do some other content, really. There's no next level to complete this level. Mm-hmm. More traditional game design. What's interesting, though, is, like, I don't... I actually, I read about this at one point, but, like, that was probably the number one piece of advice going into people playing Elden Ring. It was just like, hey, if you're struggling with a boss, stop trying. And it's actually really hard teach people that they kind of failed with the uh the shield knight i can't remember the the tree spirit tree at the beginning tree yeah. sentinel yeah because yeah. it was it was so early it was just like oh this is just because it's a souls game or whatever but then you got to um who's the first uh the is it morgoth morgit margit 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 thank you um at the 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 castle there and it's like okay well this is really hard i'm losing a lot um, and a lot of people just kept, they like threw themselves at it over and over and over and over again. And I think in Elden Ring in particular, FromSoft was like, we are going to throw gatekeeping bosses at you and we expect you to do something else. Like, unless you're a speedrunner or like zero Lenny, you're probably going to need to do something else. And it's hard to stop, right? It feels like losing to step away from a boss fight that you've engaged with. I will say, I mean, I like the minimalist, like, hand-holding that Elden Ring gives for the most part. But I did have to, like, look things up to do all the quest lines after oh, yeah. a single bro, run. It's, bro, it feels like yeah, that's <laughs> it feels like it could be a little easier, maybe, to, like, follow along with quest lines and not have to, like, figure out what side of the map you need to teleport to and talk to this person again. And I was like, eh. Yeah. It's kind of just a Google Fest at that point if you really want to do everything the game has to offer. Yeah. And the hard part then is like, what's the next step in this quest line? Don't tell me anything else. Don't spoil me. I just want to know where I need to go next. But yeah, even if they drop the hint of like, oh, uh, after this smoke break, I was thinking about going down to the Denny's. You're like, Denny's, I'll remember that. Cool. Right. Uh-huh. And the next time you warp, you go to the Denny's versus just exploring randomly. Um, and they don't even do that. Elden Ring pretty much requires you to explore randomly for a lot yes. of those side quests. There's just like, where's the, I don't know, maybe I'll run across the NPC if I happen to see them on the world map. And they'll all spawn in one specific location, right? So you miss it and it's just like, all right, guess I'm not doing that side quest this playthrough. I had wanted the Bullgoat armor, the big poisiest armor in the game. Hmm. And I had already gotten past the point where I could get it in my first playthrough, so I played another, and you have to go through this whole patches quest line to get it. And I was like, yeah, I really want this. And it turns out there's like five ways patches can die before you get the armor. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't realize that, failed the first playthrough, brought that character to New Game Plus, speed ran to try to get to patches again and get the Bullgood armor, and he died again a different way. And I had to get like NG plus four just to get this freaking poise <laughs> armor. <laughs> I was oh just God. running through the game over and over again just to be my yeah. big tank boy build. I think there's there's something to be said of of the for mystique or like a a sense of unpredictability in a game that pretty much requires you to use the the walkthrough from game facts or whatever the crap but like i don't know as i get older i i feel like the people who are trying to like defend games before quest markers are just like on their porch yelling at kids their curmudgeons or something like a good quest marker, even though it takes a lot of the critical thought out of whatever I'm doing, improves the pace of the game a lot. 
and it's definitely a great alternative to like thankfully i have a laptop on the side here so i can follow along on what i'm supposed to do right so i don't know you gotta think wanna, about how people are actually gonna play it i want to bring up a very old example because like i very much like the discovery i like the the fresh organic portions of that of mm. like it's fresh it just happened um but like not giving any type of in the quit indicate indication of progress on a quest line reminds me of this is going back to dbz budokai 3 or tenkaichi <laughs> 1 but basically when you're going through the story mode you have to at some point collect dragon balls and the way you do did that is you flew around on the map like the actual globe so you take your analog stick hold it in one direction then tilt it ever so slightly so you would through very slow diagonals as you wrapped around cover every single square inch because there was no fucking indication unless you were directly mm -hmm. on top of it and it was such a waste of time and yeah. i didn't feel good for finding it i'm just like you just made this convoluted for the sake of it being convoluted and i wish one of the progress for the next part of the gameplay so even if they were like hey this general region or give me an arrow or something it would mm -hmm. be so much nicer because then I can still explore around and find something, but I'm not just fucking out here in the middle of nowhere. And then no NPC obviously knows where another NPC is either. I'm just like, where do I go? Into the void. Yeah. Pretty much. That's TLDR. That, that... I'm old as well now. And I'm just like, I don't have time for that shit. Uh huh. It's. I don't know. There's there's definitely there can be a happy middle ground. I'm fine figuring some stuff out, but I very much don't like when games are like guess or may, like you'll run across this by chance or something like that. That's not particularly engaging for me either. That's that's honestly like one of the only real gripes I have with Elden Ring is how it treats side quests and stuff like that. Um because and it's more susceptible to it because it's an open world. Right? Like in Dark Souls you can say like we're just going to put this NPC further ahead of you on the critical path. There you go. You're going to encounter them. <laughs> in Elden Ring, they're like, we hit them in a cave somewhere, I guess, or something. like. <laughs> right, and I think there's a few where, like, if you want to interact with someone for the first time, you have to have read some, like, item description that says, like, this guy tends to hang out around here, and this cloth used to belong to him, and then you have to, like, read that, find the spot that it's talking about. Like, it's just a whole yeah. task to find some things. The game is just like consult Vadi Vidya if you want to if you want to complete this and figure out what it means. Yeah, yeah. It can be a um, lot. Speaking of Elden Ring, though, did you guys hear the leaked DLC date? I am getting very excited. Oh no, gosh. I didn't hear anything about I have the not. actual date. If you've got uh, well, the information, we can let the world know today. This is what I mean about hard G gamer. I'm just <laughs> a casual. Just now. about Elden Ring. Uh -huh. That's it. Um, now leaked by a guy who got some leaks right around the original launch and they're saying february 5th which i Ooh. am already putting in pto for <laughs> based on <off> the leaks <laughs> yeah um yeah no i'm crazy excited i mean i've never had a from soft dlc you know i didn't really play mm -hmm. any of the souls before and so oh, i'm dude, very Dark excited souls to see DLC? some more very nice. and to have new content like, now that I know what I'm doing, I will say my first couple playthroughs of Elden Ring, like, I had already seen a lot of the gameplay and, like, knew what to expect just because I was getting hammered. And I was like, you know what? I just want to see what this game has to offer before I, like, put it down. And it looked really cool. And I was like, cool. Now that I see what's up there, I'm going to keep trying. But mm -hmm. this DLC will be, like, the freshest content that I am actually ready for skill-wise and whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah, very much looking forward to going in blind or as blind as possible. This can be the... Uh... The equivalent for you of what like the Dark Souls three DLC was for us, because like that was that was the culmination of the Dark Souls series we had put all this time into, and like not only that, it was the actual end plot, right? Like the game wraps up pretty well in like the main quest pre DLC and stuff, but then the DLC is like we're going to wrap the series, right? Rather than just the game, we're going to wrap the entire series. And it felt so good for that that like I, I think our personal reviews are significantly more favorable than the actual critical reviews <laughs> are of those DLC. Um, not that it was bad, but 
How much, if you had to do a rough estimate of like Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, game play time and like content compared mm-hmm. to the size of Elden Ring, like how long would it take me to get through the trilogy? At like normal pace or trying to yeah. normal pace? Because like I do want to play them and I feel like, like I just hours get frustrated and put it down. Oh, I would it? say on average 40 to 60, depending yeah. what you're doing. Dark Souls That's... 1 does have some DLC. It's not crazy long. Um, mm. Also, I don't think you need to do one it's specific fight um, by any means. I feel like I need yeah, to go back and crazy. play them with how much I enjoyed Elden Ring. I feel like I will say I should get into them. It's just I will... what I've played feels a little older and a little jankier and i mess up one fight and i'm like eh it's not as fun as elden ring i could just do a new run of that and it'd be more fun but i i I will say one even with the remastered is clunky as fuck Mm -hmm. like it is very much it has a weight and a certain thing to it for like when it came out dark souls 2 is definitely improved as far as that clunkiness but to me it still feels very weird Dark mm-hmm. Souls 3 will feel the fastest because you can roll like crazy. Um, but I think that's the most... It's held up the test of time the most. It also is the most recent of the three. But I'd say that one holds up really well. And I'd say go back thing... and do three. One and two are... If you really are curious. Okay. The other thing I didn't realize I used and loved so much in Elden Ring was the jump button and going back and playing yeah, the other yep. Dark Souls games. I was like, oh, I can't jump anything or over anyone. Yep. You get a little, a little, you have to be running and then you do a little hop. Right. And it's meant that that only exists just so they could justify holes in the game that you will fall into. Like, that's all it is. Um, it's useless otherwise. Also, I think in Dark Souls 1, the jump was like you, while running, you had to press the run button again. Yeah, you had to like double like, press oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Quick press it. Is that something people like wanted? A different button, or that was like ever thought about, or was that just like, oh, this game doesn't have jumping, and we all knew that. I think for a while, I'm sure like the very first time they're like, oh, mechanically, it's either difficult to program, or we're gonna have to worry about all these extra out of balance situations, or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, it's also easier to not just give them a jump. Yeah. Okay. Let's well, not. And then for like three games, you're like, you can't really jump. You can occasionally do it, but I think part of it is based around you're very stuck to the ground in the terrain. Mm-hmm. It's easier from a game design perspective, too, right? It's easier to design a game that you expect people to be fl- like stay on the ground and then just give them ladders if you want like vertical levels with something like blight town as opposed to elden ring which is like we're going to incorporate all of these like jump attacks and things like that right like i mean even just the parkour to get yeah. places there's so much of that and i mean it led to a lot of exploits too which goes back to the whole out of bounds and you know limiting players problems but yeah, I like jumping, mm-hmm. I will say, and going back and playing Dark Souls 1 and 3 for the 10 hours or whatever I have in them. I definitely miss it. Yeah. It's always going to be harder to go back to games that are that dated in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a specific example, but I know I've tried that for some games where I'm like, oh, let me check out this series, and I'm like, guys, this is trash. <laughs> but again, I didn't grow up with it, so I missed it when it was fresh and new. And now my yeah. brain's very wired for like I need to do the more modern, current, and approachable thing versus something that's comparatively very clunky. And we've we've talked about it before, but like there were game design decisions that were being made through the Souls like series. Souls like uh the Soul uh Soulsborn, there you go, Soulsborn series. Um that culminated in Elden Ring. Right, like that is the the synthesis of all the ideas behind it. So if you go back in the series, you are not seeing the finished synthesis. Dark Souls One is very clunky, um, very deliberate. They're not big on animation canceling anything. Uh, Dark Souls Two was like, okay, let's play around with making everything viable and like slow stamina and stuff like that. 
And Dark Souls 3 was like, man, we learned from Bloodborne. <laughs> People just want to go fast. They want to roll as much as possible. And the stamina bar should fill up one second after it's exhausted, <laughs> right? Like, that's basically the, the baseline we're dealing with. They just took all of that and, and incorporated it into Elden Ring. And it's kind of the most arcadey in that sense. It's a little bit less like you're a very slow knight swinging a sword, committing to every attack. But, like... It's more fun. <laughs> right. So. It's tough. And also, like, there's no reason to really go back to the old games to experience the lore. Because Dark Souls is not the type of game that you actually learn the lore by playing. Right? It's right. Really Gotta watch YouTube videos YouTube. while you fall asleep or something, yeah. Uh-huh. I will say that, like, there is still very much, like, a an experience of playing through Dark Souls 1 because of how clunky it is. It is mm -hmm. a very brutal game. Yeah. Um, part of that is with, like, how the mechanics are designed. And then, too, like, the game's meant to fuck you over to a degree. Like, Sen's Fortress has a lot of traps and places where it can knock you down or poison you or shoot you with lightning. Mm -hmm. There's all the stuff you have to deal with. Or when you're in Anorlando and you're, like, walking up these high precipice things and there's enemies up there and they're like, I'm going to stab you. You're like, I don't want to fall to my mm -hmm. death. And it's just navigating situations like that where I don't think there's anything in three, at least to my knowledge, where it's you're actively worried about platforming. Um, there are some bullshit angels here and there, yeah. but like, it's not the same type of thing. Yeah, they don't. But also, I don't think you need to experience that. Mm -hmm. it's just something i remember fondly struggling through yeah actually here's a question for you nate because you've been binging games like a motherfucker <laughs> uh, ever since we spoke to you last what's something that was like very hyped to you that you checked out and you're like mm, i don't i don't get it it's not my vibe Ooh, let me pull up well, he, he has a list. <laughs> no, I just need to look at what sucked. I've played. Okay. It just, they're just like, editor's note, never play another game that Jake suggests. <laughs> um, man, I play a lot of games. Looking through everything. Not finished a lot of games, but played a lot of games. Mm -hmm. while, while you... Uh, yeah, yeah. While you're looking that up... Um, I was just reminiscing with Dave in real time about like all of these obnoxious encounters uh, that Dark Souls loves to throw at you. And it's just like, oh, first time you died to um, curse, right? Or like swarmed by rats or something like that. Like the first time you thought that you could run past all the enemies to get to the boss instead of fighting them slowly. It's like there's all this nonsense. Like the first time thinking that you could actually fight ceaseless discharge is a re reasonable boss fight instead of just cheesing it every single playthrough as God intended, right? It's all that stuff, but I don't think you need to do that instead of having fun, <laughs> right? Did I buy you enough time? Yeah, I mean, there's a few I'm looking at that a lot of people recommended to me. One, Horizon Zero Dawn. I tried. Couldn't really get past the first couple hours. Mm -hmm. um, That's a little okay. surprising. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There was just too many systems and mechanics for me to feel like learning. Mm. I, I'm lazy. I like when I can just roll and attack. <laughs> I have to learn <laughs> like a million that, different brother. traps and whatever else, you know. Right. Like control, I loved. It could be a lot sometimes to like manage everything there's people at every angle and i'm floating and i'm throwing rocks like they were just a bit of a lot sometimes gotcha yeah that's but i fair. did enjoy control just as far as like theming and a couple of the missions were the coolest things i've ever done in gaming yeah once a game expects me to craft something versus crafting just existing i'm like mm -hmm. buddy <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it was give me broadhead arrows i'll see you in 20 hours <laughs> I, I can second this. I can attest to this. Uh, Dave and I are still doing doing our Baldur's Gate 3 playthrough. And he's going through. He's checking all the chests and stuff. They show up as, like, having been explored once. And then I, I'm used to just clicking them at this point. I'm like, okay, I'll grab the crafting ingredients, the alchemy alchemy ingredients out of each of these that he specifically left Dave behind. takes gold <laughs> and thinks he can maybe sell. 
Uh, I have, like, there's potions, scrolls, and these, like, literally minor magic items and stuff. It's very funny. But I could see that. I could see that for Horizon. The other game I really wanted to like, and I played, I don't know, a couple hours, was The Outer Worlds, and I just never got far enough into it, I guess, to really be brought in. That's fair. But it seemed fun and you know any kind of like five minute playthrough i've seen a clip of or something looks cool i just never got far enough i guess to get to the cool parts i was just kind of doing like little boring quests for a couple hours and i was like eh. i have a i have an in progress playthrough i was doing a couple months back that i didn't finish and i can i can empathize with that i think like it's very fallout-esque but it's also kind of like sanitized and it's very much they limited the scope of everything to make sure they could get it done, which is great from a game design standpoint, but it's not like particularly adventurous. Um, I think that's fair. I think I'm a big fan of like really engaging music and sound design and like ambient, all that stuff. So Elden Ring, I mean, even the open world music is sweet going down that well and here and everything. I don't know. It's also good. And then the other game I've been playing a good bit recently because of the new patch and DLC is Cyberpunk. And man, the music and sounds in that game just keep me coming back. I could just drive around listening to the radio all night. It's so good. I haven't played the the new content or even the patch. So it is is on my radar, but I'll let Jake speak to it because I know he's actively been playing it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna not speak a lot about it, but it's very good. (laughs) I'm specifically gonna limit it. I liked the game at launch, and now it's, yeah, I mean, even better. I mean, I finished a whole playthrough then and plan to finish another one now. Yeah. I legitimately ran around and did, like, everything I could before I progressed the main quest. I put, like, 60 hours in, and I was like, all right, we can do main quest step two. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I really love Cyberpunk. It's, it's really freaking good. Did you watch the anime? No, I need to. I watched, like, a couple dude, minutes and fell asleep at some point. Dude, but yeah, I do need to go back and good. watch it. It's also short, right? Like, it's something you can just binge in, like, a day. Yeah. Um, which is ideal. That's my favorite kind of anime. One where you're <laughs> right. just like, there's a termination state for this relationship. <laughs> it Why also will... Uh, trying to give me 10 gigs of patch? What? If you... Uh, that is a lot. I, I, I heard they nerfed some stuff, which scares me for the upcoming boss I'm still stuck on. Um... But I will say, if you if you do take the time to watch the anime, we're supposed to recommend you know games and things like that. Um, but if you really like cyberpunk, the anime is like it is just joined like at the rib basically to the game, and you'll legitimately just pick things out of the anime like crazy. You're like this is all just right here in the game. Wow. Um, and there's a certain song <laughs> that once you finish the anime you're never going to be able to hear it in the game and not think about the anime <laughs> so I'll, I'll just say that <laughs> okay just gotta watch um, it now yeah you have to you have to it is really it's also good. excellent because trigger because trigger um yeah i can't i don't show for things that i don't actually truly believe in um mm-hmm. so anyway the republican party i just want to say <laughs> <we're going laughs> um <laughs> I mean, Jacob and I have obviously been enjoying Baldur's Gate 3 over the course of two years now. Um, <laughs> That's it's just not been, quite correct. <laughs> it's just been really good. Um, I don't remember. I'm sure I talked to you at some point, Nate, about Divinity Original Sin 2. Just being a very deeply immersive and well scripted RPG. And this very much feels like the same thing. So mm. I like stuff like that. I couldn't do it all the time. Like, if they had a Baldur's Gate 3 DLC, I'd be like, yo, fuck off. I don't have the, the time or brain space for it for a little bit. But yeah. really enjoyed that. And and still am enjoying it. Uh, Lies of P is, I think, the best Souls-like to come out of a non-FromSoft studio. Uh, as far as how it is and how it's paced, etc. And theming. Very nice. Um, I'd like to see what they do in the future. And of course, Armored Core 6. If you like FromSoft and you like robots, I've never played Armored Core before this, but I had a really good time, <laughs> and I can't can't recommend it enough. It's very fun for me. Okay. Well, I was thinking about playing it, but that'll do it, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck on a boss. <laughs> no. I will. I will say 
if you come to come into it from the Soulsborne games, um, you have like a very very fast dodge. You don't get iframes during the dodge, so that could make or break the game for you, right? Like may- maybe you get it on discount or something if you, if you need iframes in your dodge. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it is incredible though. It's really good. I'll I'll finish it one of these days. Probably. Yeah, also for anything I say, and this goes for you and for people listening, always watch some YouTube video or some content thing first. Because mm-hmm. again, I'm just a guy with an opinion, but that might not match your opinion. So watch some actual gameplay, get an actual feel for what you're going to be purchasing before purchasing. Financial advice from Dave. Uh-huh. I was thinking about that. I was like, this has the tone of uh, the outro for the episode. Like, we still have time. Like, we don't have to wrap it up yet. <laughs> we'll, Buy we'll this copy... game. Buy this game now. <laughs> Copy-paste that for the outro. Um, well, you said well, something, Dave, that you couldn't yeah. play. I forget what game you said. You can't do all the time, or at least genre. But mm-hmm. we have this hypothetical question among my friend group, and we we go back to it every month or two and try to see if it's changed. If you guys could only play one video game for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's a hard question, in my opinion. It's very easy for Dave, though. I don't <laughs> want it to be Dota 2. <laughs> but it has to be. Like, what else could it be, right? Uh, I mean, it is the game that it... you have played for 75% of your adult life. So, But if you couldn't switch off in the most infuriating moments, and you had mm-hmm. to just keep playing it, like, would you actually stay enjoying it? That's really tough. I would... It's a hard question. I would die. Um... By my own hands. Um, <laughs> mine quickly became Elden Ring, I will say. I think it just has enough I do love Elden Ring things so much. to do. It's so big. You can do so many different things with it. I don't know. I think That's it's just good enough for me. It can't be PvP, in my opinion. I will just rage sometime and want to play something mm. else, and I can't fathom <laughs> playing one See, PvP for me, game. Like, so many games feel different spaces. And it's nice mm-hmm. to be able to switch in between them. Like Dota 2 is right. my typical multiplayer game with one server. And but when I'm not feeling that, I'll, you know, fuck off and then do something else because I want to break from mm-hmm. that specifically. But if one thing I had to play over and over again, God, that's actually really difficult. It's I'm really hard. I mean, it's kind of like impossible when you, when it comes down to it. That's the reason. Yeah. There are more than one game. Like, I could think of contenders for me, but it would be very hard to actually elect one to that top spot, right? Cause it would be easy the, if, if we said, like, three games forever, and then you can just kind of, like, right. fill the tick each box you need. The All funny right, so thing. So Honeypop made it, thank God, if we're doing top okay. three. There you <laughs> go, yeah. <laughs> it's content. It's full of content. I'm just playing this game for the content. Content, the plot. <laughs> I will say, like, as a game that I always enjoy going back to, Hollow Knight. Mm, I don't yeah. know if I want to grind it forever, but it's interesting enough for me in like a Souls-like type of space um, for how it does its theming and art direction. And I just, I love how the game plays. Mm-hmm. And I'll go That's... back to it every so often and I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. And then I'll remember how much I enjoy it. That's also when I got in like a Humble Bundle or something and haven't gotten around to playing. But Nate, I have to, yeah, Nate, that's got to be on the list too. Forget everything else I said about games. <laughs> Hollow Knight. Seriously, uh-huh. Hollow Knight. I would, put it at is the top it safe of the to list. say you would you would put it ahead of Armored Core? Yeah, yeah. Armored Core is a solid game. Really enjoyed it, but I don't think it's something that everyone should play. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, do I need to bring out my tattoo again? Like, <laughs> I liked Hollow Knight. It was really good. Uh-huh. You have a Hollow Knight tattoo? Alright, I'm going to show Nate the Hollow Knight tattoo. This is going to suck for audio. You'll have to to unfreeze your camera first. Is it actually still frozen for you? Yeah, yeah. It's been frozen since we started. For both of you? (laughs) Oh, let me unshare and share it again. Hello? Now we've lost him entirely. (laughs) There is no camera. Dave is the color blue now. Well, what you got to do is... uh, if the camera shows up for you, take a screenshot of the window and then just post that into Discord. <laughs> you can see it that way. All right, we'll do this. Please continue on while I yeah, make um, myself a fool. Jacob, you played Hollow Knight? I have played Hollow Knight. I've completed Hollow Knight. It's actually... It pretty much is Dark Souls-ish in many ways, but 
Um, it's also entirely its own thing. I don't like 2D like platformers. Full platformer? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a 2D platformer with like sword swings and stuff like that, but a lot more speed than um, a lot of Souls-like platformers. Um, and it's just yeah, you also don't really have good. weapon variety. Yeah, just just the sword, or in this case, right. it's called a nail because you're a bug. Um. So there's the picture. In, yeah, Discord. Wow, very cool. It is actually really cool. Uh, we'll get uh, Jameson to uh, put a picture up for the listeners. <laughs> so Thanks, did you Jameson. get that because it's like that good of a game? Did it like do something special for you or like why not other games that you've played a ton of? What, what it's crazy. I've known Jake for 10 years. He didn't even ask me that. Um, <laughs> so I think for me, it's a couple of things. One, I like having tattoos. Um, I think this is now my fifth one. I like cool art on my body because I get to look at it and go, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it makes me look better. I can't imagine myself without the extra things of like facial hair and tattoos at this point. It's mm-hmm. a part of the look I'm, I guess, going for. Two, very much did enjoy Hollow Knight. Um, as far as the story, the art direction, how I felt while playing it, it's just a really nice piece of media. And I have a fucking Bioshock tattoo, and I don't feel as strongly about it. But it was also one of those games where, for me, I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was possible in video games. So it was a really cool entry for me into that space. And it kind of fit a, this is what games should aspire to be. I want to play more games like this. As I now flaunt my Undertale tattoo on my other arm. Like, Uh they meant enough for me to want to do it. Uh, then also, a uh, friend of the show and guest of the show, uh, Mango, uh, helped me make that design. And then I took it to a local tattoo artist. Um, but yeah, it meant enough for me to do that. I think mm-hmm. in general, I want my future tattoos to be more video game or anime related of something that stuck stuck with me. So you're you have to have... wait a few years till you're confident in your favorite game, and then it goes on your forehead. That's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just doom. When I it's have just the one like forever, the mark of yeah, the beast, we'll it, yeah, lock it down. It, it's the what was it? I can't remember the name of the uh, the final boss or whatever, but it's fine. Um, Icon of sin. Icon of sin. Thank you. Oh my gosh. All right. I didn't expect you to pull that one out of there. <laughs> Dabbing on him. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible for me to answer. Because a lot of times the games that I play a lot are not games that I'm currently playing, right? Like, I'm playing Cyberpunk. But, like, I don't want to play Cyberpunk for the rest of my life, right? Right. Um, I've put more hours into certain games than others, like, by a lot. You know what? It's kind of sort of maybe a little easy. I guess I'd pick an MMO. Right? I'd pick Final Fantasy XIV. I'm not even playing it now. Haven't played it for years. But it is a very diverse way like uh, you could pretty much live in the game is there constant new content content in that game yeah they do like chapter updates and then uh expansions the next expansions um i don't know what's gonna be called but it's the beach expansion (laughs) like for how long like i don't get those kind of games not that i've played many but it just baffles me that you can keep pumping content into a game without overhauling like the engine and stuff like what 10 years later you're gonna be just adding well, I mean, if it's areas to the same game. Years, they might do something more drastic. Mm-hmm. But if you're already enjoying how the game plays and looks for the most part, um, if you're somebody who's been playing the game, doing your dailies, weeklies, stuff with your raid group, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we're kind of grinding out things we've already done. What do we want? New content. So maybe they put yeah. in a new raid, a new area. There's now new parts of the story. And it kind of builds on that way. But you don't really have to overhaul the whole thing necessarily. But you might yeah. introduce with like a new patch like that. Hey, here's a new subclass for people to check out or mm-hmm. something else. So there's always like that just on the horizon of what new stuff there will be. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and that's the one I'm thing sure that they, they update things as they go. Yes. That's they, the one thing have... that's very much missing from my gaming rotation is like MMOs and constant. Eh. You can wait. <laughs> I feel like if you have a good group, though, that's willing to play, like, it sounds fun to have some, like, regularity. Like, all I do is, you know, one-off. We're going to play Comp Overwatch or we're going to play Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, very short-term, you know, 
the same kind of game every time. It's not really fun content to go through with friends. So I will say, I'll let Jake, I want Jake to speak to this specifically too. Uh, <laughs> when we were doing Destiny 2, we had a pretty active group and we kind of go through seasonal content, which is just, hey, here's the new uh, gameplay gimmick, yada, yada. Maybe they'll add a new raid or a dungeon with it. And we usually kind of play through some of that content together. And then in the in-between times, maybe you're working on leveling up a gun, trying to get a specific piece of gear, go for a certain challenge or whatever, what have you. Um, <laughs> the cat's back and the tail's in front of the camera. Um, so I think for me, when I was into that, I did like that MMO aspect of it of, oh, who's on tonight? Let's all work on something together. And it felt very collaborative. Yes, and it was good yeah. group content. Yeah, see, that sounds fun. There's something to be said, and I think you you you've experienced this in your the games you've played with friends too, Nate. Like, of I'm going to sign on, and I know that there are going to be some other people that I enjoy interacting with or playing with that are going to be on. Right? It's kind of I, I I never really had, or I never actually had an Xbox at all, um, and pretty much didn't participate in the online multiplayer years of Call of Duty or something like that. But that vibe of I jumped on. I see my friends are online. They're playing games. Like, let's jump into their lobby or something. Um, that exists entirely in MMOs, right? Like, that is that is the concept. Right. Um, so there is something to say for that. And the consistency is nice. If you're, you've got other things going on in your life where you don't want more variety in your games, right? Like... You had a tiring game or a tiring game, <laughs> tiring day at work or something like that. Maybe you're, you're like doing yard work or something else, whatever you're, you've been extra social, something like that. You want to come home and play a game that you already understand and you're comfortable with that. That's where MMOs land. But the, right. the cost is variety. Yeah, I don't know what I'm kind of starting to realize is that maybe I'm just getting old and I like playing with friends multiplayer stuff but i'm realizing that skill ceilings and 13 year olds that play 40 hours a day i can't keep up and i want to play They're against so fast computers and do. so things where it's you know like that's why elden ring co-op is so fun for us because we can do things together and we can work together on things but we're not battling some kid on rocket league and getting absolutely torched we can just have fun and kill market together with some meme weapons and it's way more fun and so any co-op multiplayer pve content i can find these days is kind of what i'm looking for now mm -hmm. i have to ask because anytime i hear good multiplayer content i have to ask have you played it takes two? Oh yeah yep okay yeah i played that it is really on the good. couch with my old roommates we were under some influence every time we played and then i played it again uh with my girlfriend which was really fun mm -hmm. that was the other thing that's nice. way more wholesome i think it's a really couple couples game. game yeah so good the other thing I played this year was uh, the Hogwarts Legacy open world game, just because I'm a pretty big Potterhead. Mm -hmm. So I played that. It was pretty cool. It didn't take me very long. Um, kind of breezed through it. And then having just come out of Elden Ring, I went to that and I was like, oh, this combat's easy. And just kind of like, it was fun and satisfying. Right. But then I watched my girlfriend do a whole playthrough and she doesn't really game. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty cool to see her like learn the systems and combat ended up getting pretty good. Where at the beginning, she couldn't tell what R2 was to fire, like, simple cast. And then by the end, she was putting together combos. It was pretty cool to see. And she did the whole thing. Made it through the whole story. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, th it's difficult to, like, overstate how important games like that are, right? Like, for people who play games all the time, sometimes you want to jump into Dark Souls and, like, smash your face against the wall repeatedly. And you're just like, I'm having a great time and I hate everything. <laughs> um, but, like... It's easy to forget that there are people who like pick up a controller to play a game and their brain does not map to I move the analog stick and my character moves around, right? Like it's always it, the that's camera. An they can skill. walk. They can't turn the camera and walk, and so they just mm -hmm. walk staring at the corner the whole time. Yeah. I had a um I don't know if I told this story or not, but we I got fiber installed here um like a month or two back. Because oh, uh, it just became available <laughs> within an hour and a half of it becoming available, I was already like I called them and signed up and did all this stuff because um, I was on the the waiting list. But um, the guy that came out to install, like, has only played on consoles his entire life. He didn't ha had no comprehension of how you would play a shooter on PC, 
and we were talking about games and stuff. So I was like, let me just show you like Destiny because he was curious about it. And he, his brain was not like processing that like WASD would move him around and he could move the mouse to like to to look in different directions and things. It's an acquired skill. There's nothing wrong with it. I will say for games that support both, I still, having played console games all of my upbringing, like prefer controller if it is like reasonably supported. Games like Valorant and CSGO and stuff, like I won't, just no aim assist is impossible. But for anything that makes sense to play at all on controller, I'm always going to pick it. It's just way more comfortable yeah. in my opinion. I think anything third person, I need to do controller, hands down. And then first person, specifically keyboard and mouse. There are people who are really good at first person with controller, though. Like, I'm actually, I'm quite bad with the controller. Everything I just described applies to me, too, <laughs> for controllers. Like, there's a, um, there's a compilation, um, there's a YouTube channel that's doing these, uh, these, these planned, uh, scenes basically in Cyberpunk where they go through and they kill a bunch of enemies in a particular order. Basically, an exhibition where they like throw a grenade on the ground, bounce it off something, you know, blow a guy up. It looks awesome, right? It's all set up to look awesome. And I had a realization like a couple of videos in all all of these things that like I could not accomplish. But I was like, this guy's camera's really smooth, and it just hit me. He's using a controller. <laughs> I was like, dang. I was going to ask that. So you play Cyberpunk on mouse and keyboard? Yes. Yeah. Do you drive with mouse and keyboard? That sounds terrible. It, it is. <laughs> I okay. do, and it is. <laughs> See, I, I think I did play Cyberpunk on mouse and keyboard for like 20 minutes, and then I hopped in a car and I was like, nope, controller. And ever since, I've played on controller. That's fair. Yeah, it does I don't have think very cars adaptive. cars are ever meant for mouse and keyboard. It just doesn't, doesn't translate. The thing is, it could, but like games, the games really haven't been released that would support it. Because it works because of the the hardware limitation, right? It's keyboard actu actuation, and there are keyboards out there who will give gradient input, um, right, but there's like but no games that would ever support that. No. Also, it's such a minimal range of motion that it's easier for your brain to see on an analog. My thumb's going this far up. Yeah. This is how much I'm leaning into the pedal. Mm -hmm. Um. This is how much Superman's leaning forward to go faster, I guess, while he's flying versus, oh, the key is pushed down with this uh -huh. much pressure. Like, eh. If you were to stab a sword into whatever you're driving or whoever you're flying as Superman and then just move the sword, it one-to-one -one maps to the analog stick. That's easier for people to intuit, um, I think. At least that's how I think about it. Um. That's very funny, though. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm. I'll. I. I mean, we've got a rotation of guests, so I don't know if I can bring you back for just the the cyberpunk discussion episode or not. We'll have to see. Um, once you get through, have you started Phantom Liberty? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, okay. It's it's good. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to start. I was literally playing right before, right before <laughs> coming to this um, uh, the recording thing that we do here. Um, but appreciate you coming on excellent to have you as a guest um as we were discussing before um one of our top contenders for uh for microphone quality some <laughs> of the some of the people they're not even really trying we can't speak ill of them because we don't pay anyone and they're, <laughs> they're helping generate us content so uh you know can't really do that but appreciate every time you come you on just... and your quality yeah, you, I'm thinking you should just start a program where you keep a spare mic around and you ship it to whoever the guest is. And you say, this is what you're using for the week. Ship it back when you're done. And then you just always have good quality. That does require us. this is something that Jake planned to do like two years back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Saying planned is maybe giving me more credit. But that is the way that like uh, correspondents for news may often do it. If they're not like a dedicated correspondent, they'll they'll send them a portable recorder. They'll just have like a phone call, record the audio locally, and then send it in. Um, hmm. And I, I actually do have a device for that, but that wasn't the intent. And I that would also require us to know who the guest is going to be <laughs> all that <laughs> way in advance. And neither Dave nor I are always the most diligent of giving people a heads up. So sometimes you get an emergency guest. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always a good yeah, time. Thanks for being on, Nate. Mm -hmm. We're just here to make provide it as resume uh, fodder for our, our special guests. If you go um, on any other podcast, you have to mention our name every time. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 
it's in the it's in the disclaimer you got it um, um but uh we already got the the words of wisdom i believe earlier um but any closing thoughts Dave? buy armor core six it's pretty good <laughs> But it play Hollow Knight first if you haven't played it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the advice. Buy Armored Core 6, play Hollow Knight. You, you figure out the rest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, sounds good. Well, uh, for those out there in the audience, thank you guys for listening to another episode. If you have any ideas for future episodes or you want to come on as a guest, um, we're basically only accepting um, uh, offers from the most prestigious of individuals at this point. But you could send those offers in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could the, join the discussion on Facebook, which is no longer one of the most prestigious of sites, at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.